0: I'm Del Pilar, and this is Points on the Board. And I'm here with my good partner and co-host, Big John. John, how are you doing this evening?
1: I'm fine, William, but when you say you're a good partner and co-host, I'm wondering, who's your bad partner and your bad host?
0: Oh... Well, if I was a multimillionaire, I'd probably, if I, if I was Robert Kraft, I'd probably say my mistress, but I'm not. So, so uh, 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 I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I said Robert Kraft because I just got through responding to somebody regarding this Daniel Snyder debacle. and, And Daniel Snyder does not deserve to own the Redskins. I said that from day one, I saw, you know, I was hot and heavy in the industry at that time, but You know, these owners really crack me up with their own hypocrisy. There's Robert Kraft with this little wee willy getting a little, you know, and then trying to play the saintly. And then there's somebody we both know we uh, bullied into taking a a, a business uh, name. So, I mean, none of them are any good, you know. Uh, Jerry Jones, I mean, they they just had their vice president, who just resigned maybe six months or a year ago, nearly a $3 million settlement with, with cheerleaders because he's in the locker room and possibly videotaping him as they're changing. You know, so Snyder's not leaving this league because leftist idiotic reporters and race hustling fans want want the team, want him gone. He's probably got a lot of dirt on these owners. Uh, and, and if Robert Kraft is seen as one of the St. owners, and, and his little wee willies getting uh, uh taken care of, then who knows what Jerry Jones has has has. has and it's all sexual all these owners there's that great meme john that shows this 80 year old guy on the beach with a big old fat gut beer belly and a gorgeous blonde and the caption reads this is why you want your daughters to get an education <laughs> right right
1: right 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 and
0: the irony is they're going to be taken care of for sleeping with the Ricky old man but my whole point is when it comes down to it all We men think one way, when when you have that much power, that much money, you can get what you want. Uh, uh, That's where I truly believe the professionals when they go sex is about power, not the actual sexual act itself. Mm. And that's where I think a lot of these men fall in uh, uh, in terms of the owners with the sexuality being out of control, right. where they're thinking they can get away with it. You know, I'm watching Yellowstone right now with the wife. The wife asked me to watch it so we could watch it to get a show together. And and it's about a family with power. It reminds me of Dallas with JR, you know?
1: Sure,
0: sure. So, so anyway, I'm way off topic here. We got a great show lined up tonight. And uh, well, real quick, what's your take on, 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 on your 30 second take on 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 these owners and their shenanigans? Am I completely off or, or what do you say? Well, I don't I don't know for sure what's going on there. I mean,
1: we I, I've had personal dealings with Robert Kraft. I don't care for Robert Kraft at all as a
0: result of those business dealings. Um, and, and to the audience, John's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. If he doesn't care for someone, <laughs> take that be the bleep seriously.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I mean, I just found him to be very dishonorable. Let's put it like that per, in my dealings with him. Um, but you know, you're probably right to some extent. You know, like that famous saying by um, Lord Acton: "Power corrupts absolutely, and absolute, uh, uh, and uh, a lot of power corrupts absolutely." Power right? corrupts. <laughs> we'll yeah. 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 <laughs> But the the truth is, when you have that much money, that much power, uh, not only does your ego grow, but the sycophants around you come around to take advantage of your power to to suck off right. some of your power as well. So, I I would tend to agree with you. I don't know about specifics, uh, other than the ones that have been made public, like Jerry Jones and his um, what was it illegitimate illegitimate daughter that he had for a while yeah, that he was true. they was paying that's for true. and stuff like it, that.
0: That was an unfair shot at him because, I mean, he had been taking care of that girl. She yes. just got greedy. But but in the end, it, it's those story type details. And what people don't realize is Snyder was one of those internet phenoms when the internet first came on, Wild West made it big. Uh, but at the re- end of... What I quickly realize is, like Cuban, right place, right time, you know, in life. there's There's a great book called The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell that talks yep. about all of many successful people in our history it's not that they were so much better than their peers at the time it's right place right time and i truly yep. believe that uh with snyder and uh i don't think he should own the team but i loathe even more when people who have no business uh, uh try to dictate what's what somebody can do with their business yeah you know? I,
1: I agree that's my that's my position whether i like him or not personally i hate even more the precedent of other owners getting together
0: to take his team away from him. I find that boring. Exactly. And I think that's why I'm siding with him. Well, why, yeah. I, you know, because he's a dirtbag. You read it, the reports like, oh my God. Yeah, you know, but I, it's everything I, I thought. But, let, but let's get back to some football on the field. This weekend, we learned that the Colts lost to the Titans for the fifth out of six times. You know. Yeah. And uh, uh Matt Ryan did not have a great game, and he got injured and was subsequently benched and the issue is who's at fault here? Is it Matt Ryan? Is it Chris Ballard? Is it uh uh uh, uh Frank Reich? I'm like drawing a blank. Yeah, you know, yeah, Frank Frank the Reich. coach, head coach, you Frank know, exactly. Reich. Yeah. You know, now nobody disagrees with Ballard uh and his ability to evaluate talent. He's got like over a dozen pro bowlers over the last few years. He's got a strong team. He's had some issues at defensive end. Obviously, he's had issues at wide receiver for years, going back to before. To, to, heck, the last time they had great receivers was when Manning was, was there. Yeah, and-
1: ha- Harrison and uh, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Dallas Clark. Those, that, those were the heydays of the Colts. Uh, Exactly. And
0: and since then, they've struggled. And this year, they're struggling at what is supposedly an elite strength of theirs. And that's the offensive line. Uh, And so we're going to discuss Matt Ryan and the benching along with Chris Ballard and Frank Reich. But we're also going to talk about uh, Zion Williamson. The NBA season has started and and he has some film footage equivalent to his shoe blowing up when he was at Duke, (laughs) you know? And we're going to end up with with a few kind words to one of the funniest men. And when I say funny, John, I'm not talking comedy funny Mm -hmm. like like Richard Pryor. I'm talking more just... An actor's I mean, he he was so unique in in his physical being, with his voice and the southern draw, and how short he was, and then combined with the outrageous roles he played and how he pulled him off, and 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 that is uh, uh oh my gosh, I'm drawing up Leslie playing. Jordan. Leslie Jordan. I know I was thinking Leslie, but I'm thinking not Jordan. I'm thinking Michael Jordan. Leslie Jordan. He was the actor who you immediately recognized in whatever role you saw him, because yes he was such a unique person, but you never knew his name exactly, and, yeah. and we say goodbye to him, and for the audience, John was like, I had to look him up when you told me he passed away, you know? yeah,
1: and, but as soon as I saw his picture, I went, "Oh, I could think of like ten things I saw him in, so yeah, you're right he was a he is the classic character actor, someone whose face you know, someone who seems to be in every movie you ever liked, but you never know their name so classic character actor
0: right and 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 i was shocked at his death i, I assume he died of uh, from anything from covid to heart attack the yeah. natural causes you know so i was a little surprised and we'll say our goodbyes to him okay uh, we're, we're hoping for a tight show tonight people we want to get you this information and get out without wasting your time my time <laughs> these time these time, the whole world's time how's that there you go <laughs> okay so as i said going back to matt ryan General Manager Chris Ballard has built teams. He's had some issues uh, on the defensive front, as well as we talked about with wide receiver and recently the offensive line. Uh, but I think the one issue he's had the most problem, and this is any general manager, and this is why I think head coaches uh, are overrated. Uh, look at Andy Reid could never win anything, so he got Patrick Mahomes. Chuck Noll had Terry Bradshaw. You know Tom Landry had Roger Staubach. And and Frank Reich has had Andrew Luck on his way out the door, Jacoby Brissett, Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, and now Sam Ellinger or Ellinger, which one is? Oh, it? I I've pronounced it Ellinger this whole time, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll find. So out. in Frank Reich's few years in charge, he's had one, two, three, four, five, six quarterbacks. You know, with Ellinger being his sixth quarterback. Uh, Now, granted, he had Matt Ryan to start the season uh, before going to the the youngster. But the Colts sent the Atlanta Falcons a third-round selection for their longtime quarterback this offseason. But before I get any deeper with what I want to talk about, John, what do you think about the fact from 2018 to 2022, current day today, He's going to be on his sixth quarterback. That's what one, two, three, four. That's five seasons and six quarterbacks. Yeah. Well, to be honest with
1: you, what it tells me is they've never invested in the future. Look, they were clearly devastated when Andrew Luck retired. Andrew Luck retired when he was 29, I think. He was still a young man. He was entering the prime of his career. He was there. He was there, Peyton Manning. He was there, Tom Brady. And losing him devastated that franchise. And I think their opinion was every year since he retired, we're one quarterback away from the big game. Right.
0: And I right. think
1: that that between ownership and general management, they really thought they were just a quarterback away. That's why you see this series of either game managers or old veterans who were cut by their former teams for a reason. All of a sudden they end up on the Colts. So Jacoby Brissett, for example, was a uh, Lux backup. So when they had him, you'd figure okay, it's a transitional guy, but they didn't draft anybody.
0: Well, also oh, uh, remember, John, though, Jacoby Brissett was one of those New England guys like yes. Matt Castle, you know, the backup coming in like Zap right now. was it Zap Bailey? Zappy, Zap? Is, uh, yeah, Bailey Zap. Bailey but, Zap, but, yeah. But but here's the thing: I, I
1: agree with you, but my point is. The things that's more concerning to me were the Philip, and at the time I said this, Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan this year. I was not a fan of any of those moves, giving up picks for these old, it's not like you signed them without giving up draft capital. It's one thing if you traded for Carson Wentz and drafted somebody in the second or third round you could develop.
0: Yeah, that's a bad example, though. I mean, a Rivers or Ryan is the better, or even Brissette. But Wentz himself is young. Yeah. You know? No, no, I
1: understand, but but Wentz was, I think, a project of Reich's, just because he knew him in Philadelphia, and everybody right. figured that was the perfect marriage. That didn't last.
0: Well, that's, um, because, hold on, hold on. that's yeah. because right left, you know, and, and, and Wentz was kind of on his own a bit there. Uh, and, and the reason Wentz needed a development is people forget he's from like a, a small college yeah. himself. Yeah, yeah, he's a very you know? yeah, he's
1: he's not a big school quarterback when he came out. And no, I agree with you. I'm mm-hmm. not saying like um like if you're going to take a chance on him though, you should have had somebody that you draft. And again, maybe not spend a first round pick, but somebody you drafted. Uh, that you brought along that you thought had potential, like somebody you're constantly evaluating. Uh, You know who's good at that? The Patriots. They're constantly – even when Tom Brady was there, they were always taking somebody in the third round, you know, in the fourth round that they thought they could develop. And then what do they do? They trade them off to suckers. Jimmy uh, Garoppolo, Matt Castle, uh, Jacoby Brissett. All these guys come out of New England because people figure, oh, man, they've been in the system. They must know something. Some of them have had more success than others, probably – Jimmy Q has had the best, but the, the problem with the Colts completely destroyed by the fact that Andrew Luck retired on them. And ever since then, they've been looking for that one quarterback and they haven't been able to find him. They have well, not been able to find him.
0: So what you're saying is instead of giving them up those late round picks, maybe they should have drafted somebody in the hopes of uh, 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 what well, they did actually Erlinger. He was a six round draft pick. Yeah, in, but that's, that's a little go. too
1: late. Like, I mean, look at, look at this year's draft, for example. You had the Titans took Malik uh, Willis to sit behind Tannehill presumably for a season or two because they liked his raw athleticism. Whether he works out or not, it's a plan. The 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 Steelers took Kenny Pickett in the first round. You had other teams like the Panthers took somebody in the third round. The the um, Desmond Ritter went to the Falcons I think in the fourth round.
0: So. You know, so I I got to be honest, I, I'm not seeing much love out of these first rounders the last five years, right? Whether it's Justin Fields, whether it's Baker Mayfield. Uh, Justin Fields uh, played well this week against the, the Patriots and finally got unleashed a bit. So maybe there's hope for, for them. But I kind of look at those the, uh, with a QB and RB, I kind of look at them similarly, you know, their projects uh, uh, in terms of where you can find gems. You know, uh, you're
1: right, but I think the, the track record for quarterbacks is probably better in the first round
0: for example oh no no i i don't argue that but but the point is is the the coach were never in that type of position right there it was never guaranteed for them i agree with you that's why they should have
1: stuck to those second and third round picks
0: exactly okay so uh they sent a third round selection for for uh For uh, Matt Ryan and they made a a, a significant financial commitment to him for two years it's been two months and Jim Mercer during the draft said that uh, he could see extending that three to four years now I've only glimpsed (laughs) some of the Colts games and I watched some film before going and you know I don't see anything much different from Matt Ryan outside the fact that he's not getting a lot of protection He's being hurried a lot, and when you have a quarterback, his i I'm sorry. I guess what I'm trying to say is, you put Tom Brady in that in, in that backfield, and he's doing no better than Matt Ryan is what I've seen this year. And and I and I get the feeling that uh they're trying to make him a scapegoat and they're throwing him under the bus. Frank Reich is well respected. He's led the Colts to the playoffs in 2018 and 2020. I think he would be seen as an elite head coach if he had a QB but I also think he can be seen as a moron with how he's handled the quarterback position the last two years. Now, a lot of critics say Jim Irsay keeps meddling, but that he's typically a hands-off. Well, if he's meddling, then Wright's the, the career is being ruined because of that meddling in by opinion. So there comes a time a coach has to take a, a stand. You know, he's pretty good with quarterbacks. We saw what he did in Philadelphia. Whether it was foes or Wentz, you know, it, when, when Phillies hated when they won the Super Bowl. Andrew Luck returned for a, for for a really great year, his best season in twenty eighteen, and, and and he also did. I had to go look this up because being a San Diego guy, I'm very aware about Philip Rivers. And then I was reminded. I was like, oh yeah, he had a down year before going to, uh, to Indianapolis. So so he can be seen as a QB guru, but I think a combination of the politics. Uh, having to deal with with the GM and the owner, he's not been able to do his job as head coach and make the final decision. What are your thoughts?
1: I'm sure you're right. Um, look, this could be the, the setup for a fire sale right now, right? They could be looking to unload Matt Ryan to someone at the trade deadline, uh, which is November 1st or 4th Ooh. this year. They, they, uh, Matt Ryan. I don't no, know no, where. He...
0: I know, but but is there anybody out there who would take him? No,
1: no, of course not. But I think what they're doing is they're trying to figure out whether they're going to cut him um, uh, at the end of the year. Uh, they're trying to see what they have in Ellender, Ellinger, Ellinger. They're trying to figure it out. Um, so I understand what they're doing. They're not going anywhere this year. Jonathan Taylor, by the way, as I predicted, not having the best of years because. Well, hold on,
0: John. They're only three, three, and one. No, I understand. But you, when well, you see how they, the AFC sound traditionally the last 10 years, the weakest division. Yeah, I, I,
1: I hear what you're saying, but and I know this is going to sound like if Bill Parcells heard me say this, he'd lose his mind. But they're not as good as their record. They're not so, as good as their record. I
0: would agree, but they, but they still have a shot. Uh,
1: fair enough. But it's almost counterproductive because they need high draft picks to replenish that team. So it would be counterproductive if they somehow stumbled their way into a division win or the playoffs. I yeah, personally let's
0: backtrack. You said you predicted that Jonathan Taylor would not have a, a good yeah. season. Is he not having a good season based on what you thought, or did you, or are you like a lot of people, didn't see the offensive line this bad? Um, it was based on other
1: factors, but the but the offensive line breaks it. Like um, William, when I started writing and doing analysis. There was something I identified, and there was a method for identifying uh, running backs who bust every year. And the main characteristic there is overuse. When they pass a certain amount of use, the following year they decline by forty to sixty percent on average. And right. it never fails. It never fails. Out of something, I, I looked back thirty years. Uh, something like uh, close to a hundred running backs fell into that sort of identification of the hundred. Something like six. Were only had equal or better seasons the following season. The other ninety four went down the tubes significantly. Taylor fell into that group this year, and I told everyone, don't take him in your fantasy leagues in the first round. If you have the first overall pick, trade it to some sucker who will take Jonathan Taylor. You you get the better picks, and and it's happened. Now you'll say he was hurt. Yeah, that's part of the curse. The following Good. season, people yeah, get no, You're right.
0: You're right. I mean, the easier example I tell people is look at two thousand yard rushers because people can look that up yeah. quick themselves, but it pertains to those high yardage. And when I say hard, high yardage, I'm talking the combined yardage, yes, absolutely, rushing and receiving. And and people just don't want to look at reality. I mean, I heard the same thing about uh the Titans, Derrick Henry, King Henry, and last year he sucked. Yeah, he was he was on pace to do this. Now he was up and down until he got hurt. Yeah, you know? yeah, and and he was another prediction that I had. That exactly, came
1: exactly. It so, it, uh, it just doesn't fail. People should pay attention to it. But anyway, when you take, uh, I took into consideration that Jonathan Taylor was not going to have a good year. The offensive line was banged up. I didn't think it would be this bad, to be honest with you, <laughs> but I thought it would be bad or, or worse than it was last year, even. And then when you look at their receiving core, I think Pittman was a good receiver um uh alec pierce people thought and he's done some things i don't know where he stands but he's a decent young receiver um but at tight end they really don't have anybody of value and i don't see depth in their receiving core so when you put it all together matt ryan was going from either a bad situation to a similar one when he got traded from the falcons to the um Oh, oh, I to, got it you
0: know, right to interrupt you right there. the Colts
1: or, you know, maybe
0: worse. Not, you're spot on, Big John. You're spot on. The reason I stopped you is because the reason Ryan did go is because he was sold by Frank Wright that we have an elite, not, not a great offensive line. We have an elite offensive line. And he also sort of, we got a dominant running back in Jonathan Taylor. You don't have to carry, you know, carry the water here. But at the end of the day, he had neither. So it may as well have been back on the Falcons losing team. Uh, and, and Frank Wright, uh, this is what I don't like about coaches. It's easy to say crap like this. But at the end of the day, you're still not being held accountable because you're still the coach. Right. You know, he says, we did not hold up to our end of the bargain here. We promised you one of the top NFL rushing games, and we promised you great protection, and we haven't really, as on offense, delivered on that. And then he goes on to talk about during the pressure that him uh, Chris Ballard and, and, and the drunk owner Ursay uh, had and I, yeah I don't like Ursay you yeah, Jim Ursay had a conversation yeah no he was a drunk there's no alleged, a DUI, a drunk a damn drunk. Yeah, <laughs> for the audience, John's going to say, Where's that alleged yeah, at? Yeah, please <laughs> help me out here, will <laughs> you? Yeah. There's no alleged. He was found guilty. All right. Uh, so, uh, but the, they, had a, they had a long talk, and and the scuttlebutt is that this is kind of Ursay pushing his deci- decision again. How he pushed, he was the voice that pushed Wentz out. Uh, he's the voice to push Ryan out. And to me, there comes a point, as I said earlier, Frank Rice got to grow a pair. And go, hey, I'm the head coach, not you. And if he gets fired, he'll actually probably gain, gain greater respect around the league. And, and if he's that good, he'll work his magic and then land a better job. That's how I view the long, the bigger picture right. here. But instead, he acquiesced. And, and, you know, the offensive line, some analysts are actually saying, John, it's one of the worst in the league. In deference to you with Jonathan Taylor, the rushing attack ranks third from the bottom. Yeah. You know, so, uh, and Wright did not say it was Ursay's decision, but he kind of did allude to that a little bit. And and in their defense, so Ryan has been inconsistent. He has been fumbling. He was throwing interceptions. And at the end of the day, each week they probably kept thinking, "Who else do we got here?" But I'm a firm believer. A good chunk of the the negatives on Ryan is a product of a bad team around them. Uh, Yeah, I'm trying to, uh, so they are three, three and one. He suffered a grade two shoulder separation and that's excuse they used early on, but they came out later and saying this replacement is for the rest of the season. (laughs) And I got to tell you, Ryan's thrown 2008 yards, nine touchdowns, league leading nine interceptions. However, he has been sacked people 24 times. That's tied for the most in the NFL, 80 hits, that's most in the league now. People, let me tell you something. When you're 24, when you're 22 through 28, those hits don't last as long as when you're 37. Exactly. he hits, most in the league. 110 pressures. You know he's only averaging 5.9 yards per throw. That's the worst out of any starter. And Wright came out and said, because of all that, that 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 this decision would have been made regardless of his injury. And I don't blame Wright for that. But I'm not going to blame it when Reich is fired at the end of the season for having uh, two subpar seasons before this yeah. in terms of high expectations. And again, high expectations. Here's a kicker, though, uh, Big John. You're looking at a, a, a 12 million of his 29 million he's due in 2023 is guaranteed. There's a seven and a half million roster bonus by March 17th. And if the Colts were to cut him, you're looking at 18 million against the salary cap. So this is a devastating situation for them. Both short term and long term. I just threw out a lot of information, but break it down. At the end of the day, who is this on? In and, and the perspective of making a decision, and do you agree with it? And two, who's truly at fault? And, and what I'm asking you, but John, is is Matt Ryan's play a product product of his age and regressing, or is it just a product of being on a team that's no better than the team he left?
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, the the main culprit is is Ballard. He's the GM. He's the one who made the trade. He's the one who evaluated Ryan. He's the one who got him over there. At the end of the day, it's his fault. Um, Frank Reich is a coach. At the end of the day, he works with whatever pieces he's given by the GM. So I don't blame Reich as much. Maybe you can quibble with this handling of the situation. Maybe he could have stood up. Maybe he could have been from... That, to me, is not the issue here. Ryan, look, there's a reason the Falcons got rid of him, Okay. They understood that he was at the end of his career, and and rather than drag it on, they they decided to to rip the Band-Aid off. But that's and, because they were losing anyway, right? Exactly. It's not like the Colts were winning. You know what I mean? Last year, like they missed the playoffs because they lost to the Jaguars on the last uh, in the last game of the season. Okay, and the Jaguars were a nothing happening team last year. So when you look at all that, it's not like the the again, it's not like they were one quarterback away. And if they were. Matt Ryan wasn't that quarterback. So, uh, whose fault is it? Ballard's. That's my opinion. It's Ballard's fault. Uh, he's the one who started this mess. He did it last year. He did it the year before because he did. He he's not getting the correct solution for a quarterback in today's NFL. Given the salary cap, given the restrictions, the way you build the Super Bowl winner is with a quarterback that you draft.
0: Well, you know, John. I mean, real quick, just not, I'm not pushing back. I'm actually asking. Yeah. playoffs 2018 playoffs 2020 they missed the playoffs by one game in 2021 i mean they've never been in atlanta falcons this is the first year they've looked this bad since frank reich has taken over so to me it's not like to me they were literally a couple of pieces away quarterback being one of them after andrew luck and the reason i say that is i think they were looking for a game manager you know built a complete team had the QB be the game manager. And obviously that has not worked out at all. Uh, so I guess I'd look at it from the perspective, you gambled, you threw those dice, and they came up snake eyes. Not once, not twice, but three times. You know, well, oh, that's my point. It, that's my point.
1: They did it three times, William. You're absolutely yeah. right. You do it once and you say, okay, we took our shot with Philip Rivers. See, Philip Rivers to me was their best shot with that one, we got our guy and he's built for one last run. He was it. Right, exactly. Exactly. And and that was the Cinderella story, to be honest with you, because he had never been to the Super Bowl. And he had, don't forget, he got drafted with Manning and Roethlisberger, and those two guys have rings. Yeah. Rivers doesn't, right? So, and and arguably, uh, Rivers was probably maybe the best out of those three overall, right? So anyway, the point was, Rivers was their shot. When, When Rivers decided to retire after one season, That's when they should have gone back and said, we're building this team up because we have a window to still retain a lot of the, and they didn't do it. That's on Ballard. Maybe Ursay, if Ursay told them to keep chasing these one year wonders, right?
0: You know, I can't argue that John. Uh, I think when Andrew Luck retired, they look at Jacoby Brissett. He's a game manager and they did pretty good. They didn't do terribly, uh, but they realized he's not the game manager. We they have Phil Rivers and then we're going to get some youth. We got Frank Reich's old project who's done pretty well at times in Carson Wentz. Well, Ursay didn't like Wentz. And, and from what I understand, it could be locker room issues. Maybe Wentz is just not yeah, a nobody, no,
1: nobody liked Wentz. and Yeah. Back, so was the problem. so,
0: so I, I think that mentality was still there. You know, let's go with Matt Ryan. And I think they finally given up on that. So I tell you what, tell us a little bit about Sam Ellinger.
1: Listen, to be honest with you, I don't think he's going to make it. He's a six-round pick. Um, has played sparingly. Look, he may have some physical tools. Maybe he'll run around a lot. Uh, you know, yeah, pick mobile, up to, they say. Uh, be mobile, which he'll need this year because he'll run for his life uh, behind that offensive line. And and listen, uh, part of this is going to be the evaluation process. I'd be lying to you if I told you I could predict what kind of career he's going to have, what kind of season he's going to have. I'd be talking out of the, the side of my mouth. Uh, let's see what he's got. That's what the Colts are doing, and in that sense. They're smart. Is he your is he your your backup quarterback for the next 10 years? Is he sort of like Daniel Jones? You you give him the right coaching and maybe he blossoms this year, right? Now that you're giving him your full attention instead of part-time reps in 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 practice. So there's a lot of that going on. I think it's the smart move. If you're moving on from Ryan, you might as well put the kid in, see what he's got, see what you have on your roster. You may decide after he plays these last 10 games. As an organization, you may decide. He's our backup quarterback. We still need to go up and get our franchise guy.
0: You know, John, before I ask you for your fantasy take and we move on, I will say this about him. He was a stud in high school. He was pursued by many universities. He played exceptionally well at Texas. And in the grand scheme of things, he was only worthy of a six-round pick. Now, I'm not going to compare him to Tom Brady, but I will compare him to a whole swath of outside the – first and second round quarterbacks that have gone and people y'all can look him up. There's been a lot of success there. The reason uh, Frank Reich says he has a special sauce to him, you know, he brings something to the table. I look at his pedigree, what he's accomplished and in a perfect world, the last year or so as a backup had been more helpful than hurtful. In, in other words, being thrown to the wolves. I right. mean, look at Pete Willis. He just looks horrific not once or twice, but every single time he's been out there, coming from a small school, having to learn a professional playbook, dealing with the speed of the NFL. He didn't even deal with the fastest speed in college going to a a small school. So I think that this is the best situation for Sam Ellinger to want to be in, and I'm actually anxious to see what turns up, because I think statistically you're right, likely back up based on where he was drafted, the fact we haven't seen him, the fact he's a nobody but there's been more than once where magic has come out of rounds three through six, you know? So what's, what's your fantasy analysts uh, or or as a fantasy analyst, what should fantasy owners look at here in terms of, is there even anything to look at here? No, no. (laughs) There you have it. Like, to be honest with you, I didn't see
1: much in Matt Ryan. Um, I thought if you were down to having Matt Ryan on your team for any reason, you're probably not in competition in your league or your league has, you know, it's a 20-team league or something. All Uh, right. You know what I mean? So, So Ellinger, I wouldn't waste a roster spot on him. Give him a game or two. If he turns out rushing eighty yards a game because he's running for his life, maybe you pick him up as a streaming quarterback at that point. But
0: right, uh, you know where you pick him up, John is. Uh, I used to play in one league. It was like twenty-two or twenty-four players. It was a dynasty league. I would grab him now. Just stuff him somewhere. Yeah, if, if, if you have a, yeah. But that you, outside of that, that's
1: it. Yeah, you're right. In the, in the dynasty league, you might stash him see if he works out for the, for the rest of the season. But in a redraft league or a DFS league, nah.
0: all right, people. Let's move on. We spent a lot of time there, and the reason we spent a lot of time is what I've been saying about Frank Reich is becoming true. I'm good, people. I'm freaking good. (laughs) Let's move on to Zion Williamson of the Mm. New Orleans Pelicans. Who the hell would name a team the Pelicans? I I don't know. They're just ugly, crummy birds. Uh, They're pretty. Yeah, but uh, the discussion here is going to be injury prone now. Zion Williamson has a combination of size and speed, and that, fat. Well, he can get fat. He can get fat, but but when he came out and in college, it was it was his size and speed. He was a man child, yes, so he totally. was able to dominate. And 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 he's been injured a lot. And part of the reason I think is he's he's a man child. He literally has a man's exterior. Uh, with the the, the 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 interior that's still trying to grow to fill that frame out, and he's playing like a man amongst boys, and I think that's one reason why he was prone to injury early on. But the reason we're talking about him, and Big John will fill us in, is what happened to him coming back after a, a, a set of injuries had sidelined him last year.
1: Right. So this season, um for those that don't know, we're. Uh most teams are getting through their third or fourth games in the NBA season. They just started. So uh, Williamson, who had missed all of last season uh, due to a foot injury, comes back this season. He's on the breakaway against the Jazz. Uh, There's nobody in front of him, clear sailing. He decides he's going to try a windmill dunk. So as he's got the ball and he's reaching back to give it that extra oomph on the the hammer uh, there, William, The guard for the uh, Jazz, who was trailing the play, reaches up. And and by the way, completely legal play. He got all ball. He didn't like it. It wasn't a personal foul. It wasn't a a flagrant or anything like that. (laughs) He got all ball. But because Williamson was already airborne, he basically got him to, by hitting the ball, he got him horizontal and he fell flat on his butt.
0: Right, because Williams was at about a 45 degree angle and what he did yeah. with the ball, he yeah. took the ball, he reached back like this to dunk right. it. So when the guy hit the ball there, I mean, it's it's that's just physics, you yes. know, or gravity, whatever you want to call it. It <laughs> yeah. didn't I mean he could have just tapped it, but with the way he was angled, he oh, and 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 he hit hard, he hit but it hard. didn't look like a, a, a hit that injured until you saw him saw that grit in his face. Well,
1: it's also the uh, the the official labeling of the injury, and I you got to love this. You got to love doctors and PR guys. A posterior hip contusion. You know what that means? He fell on his ass. That's what yeah. that means. It's a nice way of saying that, William. But look, it doesn't. I make like fit. it
0: though. Posterior hip contusion. Yeah. So
1: and it means he got a cut on his butt. But anyway.
0: <laughs> so. Crack.
1: Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, and this is the thing with Zion. There are some people who get hurt regardless, either because of dumb luck, either because they're too aggressive in their sport, uh, or they don't take care of themselves. There's a lot of reasons why someone could be injury-prone. Um, the kind of injury-prone that gets resulted, William, from trying too hard, like especially, say, in a, in a contact sport like hockey or, or, or football... There's guys who get hurt all the time because they're constantly throwing their bodies into the middle right. of, a, of a pile, right? That's a a Running, back. A running bar- back is a perfect example, right? Um, look at Saquon Barkley for the Giants. This is his first healthy season since his rookie year, and he's tearing it up. Two seasons in between, mm, not so much. Uh, it's, and nobody accuses him of being soft, fat, flabby, not working out. The guy's like a chiseled statue. Where right. he's him.
0: an Adonis. I mean, he literally is an Adonis. You right.
1: So it. with him, it's it's his it's his, uh, exuberance and it's dumb luck. Zion Williamson, I haven't figured out yet because he's only twenty two, William, and he's missed sixty five percent of eligible games that he could play in. Think about that. Since well, he got yeah, <laughs> he got drafted number one overall, so he wasn't just a first round pick. Real he was quick, the though, number for the one audience.
0: pick. For the audience, he is six foot six and two hundred and eighty-five pounds. Yeah. He's a big man. Yeah. And John, to answer your question, I think I already did. I think you're talking a man child's physical body. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and the bones aren't there to support it, in my opinion. Uh, I talk about this a lot in, with football, with football, the NFL, and I just find it shocking that I don't hear other doctors and fan when I was running my company i was fascinated by the injuries and i talked to multiple doctors and they all told me that internally the human body doesn't stop growing until about the approximately the late 20s yeah. this kid's 22 he just signed a big contract john 231 million uh and 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 i mean 231 million that's money that that's guaranteed and in any other business he would never have been signed but in the business of professional sports that that's not chump change, but they're gonna make their money back. They know those yeah. TV contracts, yeah. so, so so they view the risk as well worth it. But at the end of the day, I think he's been hurt in high school, suffered a fall during warmups, which forced which forced him to miss more than a few months of action for the AAU. At Duke, you know, they blame it on the shoe blowing up. I think when he hit the ground, his foot hit the ground, his foot stayed in the shoe. The rest of him, you know, just kind of slipping. And, right. and, and and that caused a knee injury. In 2018, he missed... if um, Back me for Duke in 2018. He also missed the Nike Hoop Summit as well as the Jordan Brand classic. As I mentioned, at Duke, he had the injury. He was only at Duke one season. One season, one big injury, you know. In the summer league in the NBA, a few minutes into his summer league debut, he bruised his knee, which forced him to miss the remainder of the action. 2019, right knee soreness, uh before the season. Missed the summer league, not right before the season. <laughs> and he misses time. And as you said last year. Uh, Everything from a thumb sprain to to ankle sore. I mean, everything. Again, I firmly believe at 22, he's uh, just not fully developed. My problem is he's not going to be fully developed for another six years. You know, he may be out of the league with, with debilitating injuries. Because these right. injuries, you know, once you get a fracture, once you get broken up, once you get injured, you're susceptible to injury more at that same spot. Because it never comes back to a pure 100%. Some do muscle soreness or this or that. But some of these injuries he's had, they're going to take their damage. What are your thoughts, John? Do you think he'll make it to full maturity no. before he's out of the league? No, no. He's one of these guys. He's just...
1: You know who I, in some ways, he's like Christian McCaffrey in the NFL. Super talented. Yeah, super, super productive back, probably the top overall back in the NFL. You can't count on him. You can never count on him. In your fantasy league, think about that. You draft him number one overall, the guy misses half the season, or he's out for the year, or he's got a, a bad knee, or whatever. So... I prefer guys who are consistent, who are dependable, even if they're not top of the line. The problem with someone like Zion, though, you mentioned it. He is so damn talented. He has so much damn potential that you look past all the warning signs. For me, when you see a kid at 22 who's constantly hurt, it's not going to get any better with age, William. I mean, I get your point about his body developing and all that. I get that. But there's other 22-year-olds in in the NBA. There's other
0: 21-year-olds in the NBA whose bodies are also developing. He can not go down that road. He is very unique. There is no 22-year-old in the league likely as big or as talented as him. And I'm telling you, John, it's that size because – those players in today's world, you don't get over to the hill in basketball until right about 30 is when you start to peak 28, 29, 30. No, no, I
1: get I get you. But what I'm saying is it's not that he, like look when you look at someone like a Barkley when he came in. He was like this roly poly big guy, undersized but big, you know what I mean? Short but big. Right. And he was like tenacious. I don't ever remember Barkley being hurt. You know what I mean?
0: Uh, he was a chubby guy, but 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 he was nowhere near as big. I, I, I
1: see what you're there. saying. And and like I conceded, the guy is a magnificent talent, which is why they're putting up with all this nonsense. But my point is, he, he, as he gets older, the injuries don't get easier. They get easier and easier to occur. So if they're happening at this rate now, odds are when he hits 26, 27, 28, he's going to be getting
0: more injuries, not fewer. You don't grow but out of those things. Here's my prediction. My prediction is if he doesn't suffer a major injury, he'll get better, over the years and right around 26 we're going to start to see him come into his own and if that happens, dear god what will that contract be then but you can't argue your logic i get it i guess the issue i have is it's easier for him to get re-injured at those spots but he's still young and growing so he's still gaining strength and vitality so it's it's not like he's 30 already. Uh, If he can make it the next four years with minimal injuries, I think he still has the ability to be a superstar. I kind of view him as Bill Walton, that forgotten player with all the talent who was a nobody uh, uh, until he, I mean, after he came out of college and kind of tanked bomb but then he got to Boston a little bit rejuvenated you know was a full-grown man internally and externally maybe not the best comparison because the talent level is there is no comparison when you compare Zion to Bill Walton.
1: Uh, honestly what I would do is if, if Zion manages to keep healthy for half a season I'd trade him off for a treasure if possible.
0: No, I get, I rid,
1: of, I sure. get rid of him now and like get it I mean I'm not a capologist for the NBA we'd have to get Dennis Velasco our buddy here to explain it. Yeah,
0: but it like they, they have soft caps, they don't care about yeah. caps. In fact, that league is so crooked. <laughs> they allowed the Lakers to, to steal uh, Shaq, and they didn't care about cap. But I mean, they all worked that out. So yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I get your liar, point. Their cap is nothing like a football cap. Fair and enough. Back up to your point. In his first three seasons with the Pelicans, he's only played in eighty-five games due to injuries. Three seasons, out, 85- out, of, out, of,
1: out of he's played eighty-five games out of two hundred
0: forty so nearly 300 or 250 games yeah. yeah so uh now, on the positive they because the guy the guy doesn't have a tendency to love his pizza uh love his whatever he eats he loves it the cajun food down in new orleans but they do have in his contract that his combined weight and body fat cannot exceed 295 which i don't understand combined body fat and weight weight's one thing that that that's your body, you know. Yeah,
1: they're they're trying to get to a combined number. So, he, so he.
0: But there is he, no combined number. Oh, there's a okay. I see what you're saying. They they want the body fat to be within this frame, the weight to be within that frame. Yeah, so if that, he that's weighs probably so, how, how it's structured. Right.
1: So if if he weighs two eighty, they're saying his body fat can't be more than fifteen exactly, percent.
0: Exactly. That's what they're trying to get to. Exactly. So, and if you own Zion in fantasy, after he comes back, and has a couple of good games, trade him because John's right in that sense. Get rid of him. All right, let's talk about a little funny man, and I say yeah. little funny man with a chuckle. Leslie Jordan. He died uh, this this week, uh, Today's In fact, yeah, he just died. Just passed away uh, today. I, I want to say, is it today that he passed away? Uh, yesterday. Yesterday. Okay. Uh, He crashed his car into a tree while driving in Hollywood. Uh, He was 67, he was pronounced dead at the scene. And some people are saying, or some of his friends are saying he may have had a medical issue when he crashed. Uh, The cops or the firemen found him pulse less and non-breathing. So he may have been dead by the time he got there. And that's just the ugly facts of him leaving us. Because when I look at somebody like Leslie Jordan, I'm thinking old age, like I said earlier yeah so john you would agree he's an actor you knew but didn't know his name yeah you <laughs> he's always someone knew he was on will and grace he was on another show that
1: uh tv show that burt reynolds was on called evening shade i believe he was on evening shade i, I think oh, he was
0: i want to say you're right I yeah i think
1: he was i'm not 100 sure but it's a, he's that type of character like he's and you know what was amazing to me in this whole story william when he passed away, he was 67. I would have bet money that he was in his late 70s, early 80s. I,
0: I was thinking the same thing. You know,
1: he seemed very young. I mean, he looked older than he was, like 67 to me, for the way he appeared, whether I and you don't know if that was makeup or a certain way he kept himself to, to, to put forth his character work, but
0: yeah, he's a young, he was a young man at 67. Yeah, you know, John, I just looked it up. I, I don't see anything on Evening Shade, but I want to sit there and, and semi-agree with you. And, and for the folks out there, John and I, that was an era we were probably still in high school when Evening yeah. Shade came out with Burt Reynolds. That was Burt Reynolds going from super mega movie star to... TV star. TV, yeah. and keep making money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, Leslie Jordan, Uh, I agree with you. I thought he was much older. Uh, and it's funny because I have been on television and you've been on television and worked in that industry specifically but makeup can work wonders yes uh, no, the, and the reason i say that they can make anybody look really young so the fact that we assume leslie jordan with much older says a lot about how how he probably looked physically up close yeah. uh he was born april 29 1955 he grew up to be, uh, he grew up to uh, challenge Robert Wright. He was four foot 11. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he was a little guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, uh, they don't mention uh, Evening Shade, but they do mention Murphy Brown, mm-hmm. Star Trek Voyage, American Horror Story. So so he was in some pretty big shows as a supporting character. Uh, but what really got him to fame was Will and Grace. He played this character called Beverly Leslie. And I do remember, I used to watch Will and Grace, the first incarnation before it came back and it was completely woke and stupid and ignorant. <laughs> you yeah. uh, know. Uh, and the reason why I watch is my wife's a hairdresser. So we knew, and a lot of our friends were gay. So it was always fun to experience a little bit of that world, even through... Uh, a TV show because back then the jokes were actually sincere in the sense there was a history, meaning somebody who was gay could say, Oh, yeah, that's true, this or that, or whatever. You know, apologies, people. My coffee, <laughs> oh, you just knocked over your, your coffee cup. Thank goodness it was empty, oh. but but he was great on there. I remember him in one scene with the sparkly shorts and the cowboy western hat. I mean, and, and for people who don't know, he was gay and. Every role he played was kind of like whether the role was gay or not. You just assume his character was gay. But he did it in a lovable, uh, charming teddy bear way. And you couldn't help but like it. Am I wrong with what you take? No, no, I agree with you.
1: I mean, I didn't know that he was gay in real life, to be honest with you. It doesn't surprise me. But I I didn't know that for a fact. But all his characters definitely were effeminate. And he had that high-pitched voice and 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 that little bit of a southern twang yeah. when he would talk and and he would always say good morning you know and he always have you know he had that he had that affect of the stereotypical gay voice if such a thing exists but let me uh, ask you yeah. every time you heard him or saw him come into a scene you would smile yeah no no and that's why i refu- i almost refuse to believe he was 67 like, uh, because i i think if you told me if if And this Will and Grace thing that he won the Emmy for might have been like what, 10, 15 years ago? Yeah. Um, Back then, if you had asked me, I would have said he looked 67 back then.
0: You know, John, actually, that's what I mean by makeup. So he has kept the same look and build. And what people don't understand, because I'm getting older and I've actually kept my looks versus a lot of my friends, is you actually, there you go, you actually kind of keep your looks. Uh, but most people change as they get heavier. He had the same look. That's why he looked the same in Will and Grace, and then he looked in the same in this show that uh, his last major main role was a show called Cool Kids, and that's the magic of makeup, because if you got up to him closer, you would see his age of being 67, but maybe looking older. But that's but because he kept the same build and same stature, makeup was able to hide a lot of it. And, and real quick, this last main role, he did not have a lot of main roles in life. Right. He was always a supporting actor. But <laughs> I was always a Carol Burnett fan. I like David Allen Greer. And obviously, I love Leslie Jordan. So when I saw the previews to this show, I'm like, oh, I got to check it out. And I tried to love it. I tried to like it. The characters were great. It was just not a bit. There's a lot of bad TV being written right now. That's why shows get canceled so quickly. You got a lot of the, the concepts are great. The writing is crap. And that's what the writing was with Cool Kids. But what they played, they played uh, David Allen Greer, and uh, oh my gosh, I said- uh, Ma- uh, Martin
1: Mull, Martin Mull. Martin
0: Mull, that's who I was thinking. The late,
1: Martin the late great Martin Mull. And exactly. also you mentioned Carol Burnett. It wasn't David Allen Greer that was on Carol Burnett. It was Vicky Lawrence. And that's who you no, were- no, I, I'm sorry, I'm yeah.
0: sorry. I mean, yeah, Vicky Lawrence, but David Allen Greer was on the show. Also, yes. cool kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they played, so David Allen Greer, uh, Leslie Jordan, uh, 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 and uh, Martin uh, Mull. They were all these retirees. And uh their big dog had died, their pack leader or so ever. you know of course at retirement home <laughs> it's an eventuality and then came uh, uh, uh Vicky into the picture and that was the whole premise of the show the woman coming out of the scene and it was cute you know and 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 you know Leslie Jordan couldn't tell his hadn't told his kid he was gay you know because uh, he was married, you know lived that life and people back then that was not uncommon. Yeah. a lot of gay men would marry have kids uh living the lie. but either way, He was a great actor. I will miss him. And before I get your final comment on him, he really came out in terms of popularity during the pandemic. He gained nearly 4 million followers inside of a month uh, by just coming out very cheery on Instagram. Uh, uh, So when he died, he had nearly 6 million. And he actually parlayed that to do a gospel album. And the reason I bring this up, because my issue with the church, my issue with the fundamentalists are... You're relying on a book saying that's the word of God. I'm not going to fight you or argue with that. But my belief is spirituality. It doesn't matter who we are as humans, it's how we carry ourselves in life that will be judged. So the fact that I saw him when I read that, I kind of brought a smile uh, uh, to me because I'm, I'm like, you can be gay and still have a relationship with God, regardless of what fundamentalists uh, say. And how much you want to be bet if I run for office? Somebody's going to find this little clip, you know, and primary me. But, uh, 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 so 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 so. God bless him. He also published a book. I won't get into titles and whatnot, but he lived the American dream. Four foot eleven, not a handsome man. Did not come from riches, and he lived the American dream. He's somebody we can all look up to, we can admire, and we can smile as he begins his next journey. What's your final words on uh, on, on Mr. Leslie Jordan? I
1: got nothing to add, William. You did it perfectly. Uh, I think you you described his life and his career just just perfectly. Um, again, character actors usually don't get much love because most of the time you don't even know what their name. Was. And like you said, he, he William wasn't joking, folks. When I went through the bullet points for tonight's show, I said, "Who's the?" At first, I thought you said Leslie. I thought you meant Leslie Jones, that uh, actress from uh, Black
0: actress, the
1: black actress from uh, Singing uh, Live. Yeah. Uh, who? who oh, the, oh, there's the Ghostbusters woman. Oh yeah, who, who's oh, I'm
0: thinking abso- Grace.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Who's absolutely unwatchable? She's a she's a horrible comedian. She just screams a lot. I, I I have no love for her at all. So I thought you meant her for some reason. Uh, I guess the names were close enough. But then when I actually Googled it, and I said, "Oh, okay, I remember that guy." And and then it occurred to me. And then I started reading up and found out his age and everything. So. Uh yeah, R.I.P. Uh and uh, he, look, he he led a good life. So at the end of the day, um, he shouldn't complain if he's got any sort of conscious uh, consciousness right now. He shouldn't uh, be complaining. He had a, he had a good life. He accomplished a lot, and he and uh, it seems like he he had a fruitful life as well. So uh, R.I.P. Leslie Jordan.
0: You know, we're losing so many loved ones, and it's easy to track because of the internet versus the old days when TV Guide, which are, are so referenced, or People Magazine. Right. And uh, I don't want to say we're losing too many people, but it's uh, it just shows how we are here for a brief moment in time. Yes. You know, I mean, they're, this generation, you ask them who, who, who Robert Redford, or not Robert Redford, Paul Newman is, solid guy. Does he have a dressing or something? And that's about it. So enjoy your 15 minutes of fame. Some of us, or not some of us, some people have it longer than others. But at the end of the day, just enjoy looking in the mirror and hoping that you can look at the good Lord and go, I did not do anything wrong to uh, 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 send me downstairs, buddy. <laughs> and with that, everybody, you have been listening to Points on the Board. Before I let you go, you can find this podcast at sportsgrumlings.com on rumble on youtube and as john will tell you our podcast can be found where john on all the great plaque uh podcasting platforms apple uh google
1: uh uh, google podcast apple podcast um stitcher
0: uh
1: all of them anything you could think of
0: yeah i said but don't forget check out sportscrumlies.com not only do we have this podcast we have big the big questions with Big John where he does a lot of interviewing and, and it's John just got a comment off an interview four months ago. I mean so his interviews are captivating. I've got the fired up the political podcast. And I've already got two shows lined up this week, John. I have no choice, uh, regardless of time or not. I mean, I love doing them, but election season's coming up. That's right. (laughs) So I've been huffing down with uh, Ms. Roseberry on some planning. But we we also have, uh, I think that's about it. Yeah, those three podcasts. You can catch them at our site. We also have the Roundup, a daily article that comes out. And John has just released this week's The Way I See It. So, John, until next time, and everybody else, sportsgumblings.com,